Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And, man, I'll tell you, (laughs) Doug Thornton said this best, you know, our DHS source who retired. He said, there's a crisis every 12 hours. And that's kind of seemingly been that way since the last time we've talked to Robert Kudla of Trade Genius. And we've asked him to come back to shed some light on what's going on and to give us some appraisal of the financial markets. I saw a YouTube video last night by a guy, and I'm not going to mention his name because I'm going to be critical this time. He does good work, but he was telling everyone last night, sell, 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 the end is near, the sky is falling, there's no hope. There are challenges, no question. But sell everything? <laughs> I hope it didn't mean his family. So we're going to have Bob untangle all this and hopefully restore a little bit of calm and sanity so we can make good decisions. Bob, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me here. I'm looking something up here while you were talking about that. So um, just in time to capitalize on worries and make your weekend miserable, journalists published over 3,700 articles about bear markets on Friday alone. Oh my gosh! It is. It is. Um, it is. It is absolutely crazy. So, um, so what that tells you is is um, first of all, you, you can't listen to the mass media because whatever they're selling, you should be buying, and whatever they're buying, you should be selling. <laughs> I was just going to say, do the opposite of what they say exactly. Yeah, because remember, um, the media is designed, it's an advertising model, and the people that are supporting that model, um, those are those are Wall Street brokerage houses, right? And hey, nothing wrong with it. I mean, I'm not I'm not being I'm not judging it, it's just that if they're out there telling you to sell, um, it's because they want to buy it from you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. They're not nobody's doing you any favors, right? So <laughs> So you have to do your own homework, but yeah. So we we saw that. So one of the things that that we do um, at Trade Genius, and there's not a pitch, guys. I just kind of want to explain is is that so we have a database of, of probabilities, right? So so we can look at any given day of the week or any given uh, day of the month, and and based on historical activity, uh, we have, we assign it a probability. And so when we went into last week, going into Thursday, we had a, a down week. And this is after seven straight weeks of down. Okay, so the probabilities tell you it's, it's not like the coin flip scenario where you can always flip the 
you know, it's not 50-50, right? So it can always, it, you know, it can, it can it, you know, I mean, it's always 50-50. This is different. So um, once you get past eight weeks of down, it's unprecedented. 1932 was the last time it did that. And so you knew there was going to be a relief bounce coming. And so when you go into Thursday on a down week, especially with that backdrop, and the sentiment was extremely bearish, as I just read you, um, you know, we positioned long. And and just like personally in my portfolio itself, okay, just trading one ETF with a, with a risk of $4,000 since Thursday till this morning, and I'm still in the trade and making money, I'm up $17,000 by investing $4,000 since Thursday just using my probabilities, and that's the spy calls, okay? And so... So we we see these things and we Mom, assign probabilities wake you up to them, for your and then the the algorithm just gives us the okay, tactical I didn't entries. Know. Sorry. And so that's what we look at. You know, that's a micro, you know, thing of our trade. And we were talking before the show when the volatility gets this high, it's unsustainable, and you get these you get these ripbacks. Now I'm bearish. But I'm not stupid, you know. Uh, I'm going to make money when it when it does these lifts, and the market's going to roll back over again. It has a date with. Uh, look, the the long term probabilities of a bear market are at least 33% down, Dave. So we're going to get down to 3,200. We're going to wipe out the pandemic. The pandemic lows are going to come back into play again because all the liquidity is coming out, and we're likely going into recession. But you get these. You get these bear market rallies like this that are breathtaking. You can make a year's worth of income, okay, in a bear market rally. So you don't have to you don't have to be trading every second like a crazy man. You just look for these these inflection points, which you can see them. They're not hidden. People think the market's hidden from you. It's not hidden. It's just that people suspend belief and they believe what they read in the uh, in in you know CNBC and Jim Cramer and those clowns. Oh, I I couldn't agree with you more. I listened to some of their financial advice, and in my layman's mind, like MSNBC, I was watching a business show, and I don't remember who the person was, but th- they were telling people to do things that I know. Oh, don't buy gold. The gold's being repressed right now artificially, which is true, but that's when you buy gold because the price is down. And I'm hearing this ridiculous advice, and I'm thinking, just do the opposite of what this clown is saying. And and so I totally agree with you. I just had the experience last week. Um, what what do you, what's happening with crypto? I know the value is way down. Are you? Con- I know you guys have dabbled in crypto from Trade Genius. Uh, how do you see that market going? Yeah, and, and and we more than dabble. I mean, I have a partner who that's his specialty is is cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. He was a miner. Okay, and so he's been trading this stuff since, uh, I don't know, 2011, 2012. So he's been doing it a long time. Look, the way you have to look at Bitcoin is Bitcoin is a special asset <clears throat> that's designed. It's it's like gold in the sense it has no counterparty risk, meaning it, it doesn't require uh, a counterparty to pay up for it to happen. It just exists on its own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like gold, like Bitcoin, like God, right? It's 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 self uh, it's 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 self sustaining, and so um, the problem with Bitcoin and gold is that 
with with gold market right now, you have the ten year yield uh, was rising, and that fights gold, but it also fights Bitcoin, and and so these things thrive in environments where, for Bitcoin, if they thrive in the environment where you have uh, sovereign concerns, okay, sovereign banking concerns, because it's only it's the only asset that is liquid. Uh, enough that when you when I mean liquid, it's it, you, you, you have an easy ability to be able to um, transact in it. So liquidity is the wrong word. That's a different thing for trading. So it's 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 an environment where if I needed to pay you today, Dave, and I had Bitcoin and you had an account that accept Bitcoin, we can transact. Whereas if I have gold, I can't transact with you that way. Unless we're both sitting in the same vault, okay? So, so Bitcoin basically has a virtual vault, and it doesn't care what the banking system does, and but it cares about currencies only because Bitcoin's priced against the currency it's in. Like if you're Bitcoin to the dollar, right? You're saying, oh, well, it's not really doing anything, but if you have Bitcoin to the Turkish lira, right? Your Bitcoin's skyrocketing, and the same with gold. So part of the function we're seeing is this unusual strength in the dollar, and that's because all the other currencies are starting to fall. When you see the dollar rising, Dave, when you see gold rising, you see Bitcoin rising, then you know the world is ending, okay? <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so does do- the dollar... I'm trying to get my mind around what you just said. Are you saying that as the euro fades and these other currencies fade that it actually helps the dollar? Yeah, see, the dollar's a reserve currency, number one. And and number two is that, look, when the world starts going amok, where would you rather have your money? You'd rather have your, your assets in a country that has the world's most powerful military, that has access to be self-sufficient in food, has access to be self-sufficient in energy, has access to, to be self-sufficient in fertilizer, okay? So what we don't have, Canada and Mexico does, okay? And and so, you know, we're pretty self-contained here in the United States. We have two big oceans also. So people naturally will, will gravitate to the United States for safety, and that pushes the dollar higher. Plus the fact is that We've letting our interest rates rise now, where Europe is still suppressing, Japan's still suppressing, China's still suppressing, and and that makes the um, the dollar stronger that way too, because people are getting a higher return to just park their money in bonds. So the dollar, you know, I always laugh when people say, "Oh, the dollar is garbage," it's and everything. It's because they don't understand its relative value. You have to transact in something, right? And so. Um, the dollar is it, and so where would you rather have your money? Okay, you know you're gonna you're gonna want to have your money in, in dollars because it's it's traded all over the world, and and it's also it's safe <clears throat> in terms of the country. You know, if America lost its ability to defend itself and its interests, you know, in a real shoot 'em up, then the dollar would would lose its reserve currency status. Until then, the dollar's up, but. When you see dollar up, gold up, Bitcoin up together, then there's there's actually maximum stress in the economic market. So, and people forget 
you know, Bitcoin in 2018 was at $3,200 and it went to 65000 So it's not like Bitcoin hasn't done anything, okay? It's just that it's just that it shot up like everything else did in the pandemic. And now, you know, we think it could still fall maybe even down to 23000 day before the next halving cycle starts. So um, depending I'm, on what you want I'm to get sorry, what, what, I missed what you said. You just had a momentary cutout. Yeah, what 20, is Bitcoin going to do? Well, I don't know what it's going to do, but it can get down as low as 23000 and fill the CME gap. Remember, this is traded on the futures market. So you have... So you have guys, you know, speculating against it like they do with gold. But also, too, you saw the Luna blew up, right? Yeah. So when Luna blew up, they had to sell a lot of Bitcoin, right, to try to defend the Luna. Eventually, it was uh, it was a lost cause, but that pushed a lot of supply onto the market, and that has to get absorbed. And once they get absorbed, then Bitcoin's going to be fine. You know, all coins. You know, I hope people got a healthy understanding of altcoins you know unless it has really specific use case is that bitcoin's the place you want to put your money okay so what would you say to someone right now that they're thinking about bitcoin should they wait a little bit longer or is now a good time dollar cost average in that's what i've always say dollar cost average in dollar cost average in dollar cost average in so So um, how how i'm sorry stupid question how does that answer my question how does it end for your question? No, how does it answer my question? I mean, is this a good time oh, because, to buy? Yeah, look, it could fall down to twenty three thousand, but once we get in the next halving cycle, look these 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 these, these halving cycles, you can see a four hundred percent rise in Bitcoin. So, so you know, you you want to enter going into the halving, which is is going to the season the season of it starts in the fall, and then sometime. Um, Next 12 to 18 months, the, the having will occur, meaning that the ability for the miners to to be rewarded gets cut in half. Okay, and we're we're like at 95 percent of the of the the coins that are out there, plus even higher. So you're gonna you're running out of supply, and so this is where you want to enter, and uh, um, and. You know, you're going to make money over time. So I did it last having cycle. I did the having cycle before. Do it again this time. And when you average in, you don't care if it goes from 29 to 23,000 because you're probably going to average in around 24, 25,000 dollars. Okay. I saw a quote on. Um, but it doesn't have to get down to 23,000. My point. Okay. So as soon as you start seeing some sovereign issues, and look at Sri Lanka just defaulted today on their debt. Yeah. When you start seeing countries start defaulting, um, people are going to move to Bitcoin, okay? And and uh, you know people like gold, but look, if you're in Russia and you want to get the heck out of Russia, which a lot of guys did, you know, Putin didn't he didn't ban his people from leaving the country, right? If you had Bitcoin, you didn't have to worry about setting up a new bank account. You just kept your Bitcoin and you just moved, okay? <laughs> and then you went right back into your account and you can trade with it, okay? You know that didn't get that didn't get blocked. So, you know, just that's the value of Bitcoin. It's it's wherever you are, and you don't have to sneak across the border with it because there's nothing to sneak. As long as the internet doesn't go down, you know, you have a uh, you have a viable currency. A lot of people will point that out when I said I think Bitcoin is a pretty good place to be. Uh, they always say, well, "What if the internet fails?" Yeah, if the internet fails, you have bigger problems than what Bitcoin's doing. 
There you go. Because nothing will move. Nothing will move. Oh, I totally gold, agree. Everything will go down. Gold will go down. The stock market will go down. Okay. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time yeah i i couldn't agree with you more um th- there's something i wanted to ask you about that i have come across a few times that i read and i remember the amount businesses in america corporations overbought by 626 billion dollars but market has shifted in terms of consumer interest and a lot of these people are going to be holding worthless inventory and this is going to result in massive layoff business closures do you know anything about this i don't know about that specific article but generally yeah i I read the same things and i agree with you i mean look at amazon they're uh they stopped hiring uh they're shortening people's hours okay um you know uh you've seen the ups um yeah people have you know, inventory. I ask all the time too when I see the shipping guys in there. You guys busy? You guys busy? You guys busy? You know, all this durable, all these durable goods are going to be being ramped up, and people are going to be done with their ramping cycle of their uh, of durable goods. And look, most people, most people that rent don't need this stuff, right? Right. And most people who own their houses have probably completed their remodeling cycles. So 
you know, it's going to be consumption of just high, you know, high need goods, you know, primarily consumables going forward. So yeah, so people are going to be stuck with a lot of stuff, especially if it's stuff you don't need, like a Peloton bike. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're in another lockdown because of monkeypox. It might come in handy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No. You know, that's the other thing too is the uh, powers that be are are singing the uh, lockdown blues again. Uh, they're making these overtures, and very directly. It's not like you have to read between the lines. Uh, I don't see this as being a big problem. Um, what are they gaining by doing this? Inciting fear does what for them economically? Uh, well, look, there's a there's a, there's a school of thought that if you keep people agitated, chaotic, they can't focus on what you're doing. They have to always just react to you, you know. And so, so that's in government. Government wants a reason to be right, so that's that's their thing. Is like, look, you you have to um, you need us because only we can solve these problems, you know. So so you know, we were joking this morning is that now that monkeypox is here, the Ukrainian war can wind down now. It's it it served its purpose. Well, I still I don't know. I believe in defending the Ukrainian civilians, but not to the tune of $53 billion, why the rest of NATO does almost nothing. Uh, and I know that's not totally an accurate statement, but you understand my principle. We're bearing the brunt. Why we have uh, unmet baby needs, why we have a collapsing southern border, why our economy is in shambles, and on and on and on and on. I just, yeah, like I said, I, I think Ukraine's going to drag on for a while. Um, there's something I was told too, and I wanted to run this by you, but the source is impeccable. And I can't be specific because uh, it's a long-term relationship I've had, and I get occasional things from the Mexican government. But here's what I was effectively told. I want you to comment on this. Number one, Mexico is going to be the silver leader by 2030. They're nationalizing their lithium mines. I think they've already done it. So they plan to be a major precious metals uh, player, and that the Biden people came to Mexico demanding they capitulate to the coming digital, and they basically threw them out and said, you tell Biden we're not your blinking colony, and that um, Latin America is lining up to be gold-backed, not that they support Russia minus Cuba and Argentina, but they support Russia's notion of going gold as opposed to going digital because they look at digital as enslavement. How, how do you react to that statement and then regionalizing it to Latin America? Well, I think you're starting to see, I think, 41 countries attended the um, the Bitcoin conference down in El Salvador. Um, so I think you're starting to see people, you know, worry over the... Um, basically being colonies of the World Bank and the IMF and all that stuff and and so I think people are struggling for looking for an edge but Mexico's an interesting Mexico's in an interesting position right now because they're going to be a recipient of a lot of American factories moving out of China into Mexico number 1 and number 2 is is you know they already nationalized their oil industry they nationalized their lithium mines I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing a run in silver and gold and nationalize their silver mines. You know, I used to own a lot of First Majestic. I sold it because of what happened with the lithium mine. I said, um, don't want to, I don't, you know, 
And, and Mexico's not alone. A lot of these countries that have commodities don't want to give them away now. They know they have an opportunity here, so I think they're going to... Um, they're, everybody's going to... It's, we're going to go to these commodity baskets now to help support certain countries' budgets and things of that nature. Okay. So, effectively, you think what I was told has a reasonable chance of being accurate, or mostly accurate? Yeah, well, I think it's already happening, so okay. whatever, right. whatever your source is, they're on the right pulse. Okay, but he also said, Dave, this is Latin America, too. He said Argentina and Cuba line up with Russia politically, and Venezuela as well. But he said when you get outside those nations, they, they don't really care about Ukraine. Not their fight. They don't care. But they care very much about precious metals backing. And, uh, in fact, they're making a big push. And, and this is something I've been researching personally. I've been commissioned to do this. Uh, a lot of Latin America is making a big push to get expats. If nothing else, open a bank account. Because when digital comes to America, you don't know if you're going to get Justin Trudeau and they'll take your resources because you have the wrong views. And Costa Rica is leading the way. Ecuador is there. Um, Belize oh, Pan, is Pan, trying to make Pan, a move. Yeah, Panda just made Bitcoin legal tender with zero there you go. cap gains. Yep. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. You just undercut my statement with a right-to-the-point conclusion on your part, which is very accurate. So you you agree? Cent, uh, Central and South America are moving away from the West. No, I don't think they're moving away from the West. I think they're trying to create an edge. Look, um, I'm going to make a prediction to you: Cuba and Venezuela will be firmly in the United States orbit in the next five years. Okay, really? Russia. Right, yeah, Russia can't support these people. Look, Russia is not even as big as Texas, and I think people are absolutely freaked out about China. So. Uh, I, I just think the United States has a lot of influence here, especially if Bolsonaro stays in charge in in Brazil, and you have a center right government in Colombia. I think you're going to start seeing <coughs> opportunities. Russia, look, R- Russia, um, you know that's a gangster state. They have no foreign policy. You know they do everything tactically. They're not a reliable partner. Putin dies, and what do these guys have? Right, you know. So I have a different view on it. Um, you know, um, I'm happy if you know if somebody disagrees with me, but uh, but for sure you're going to see. Um, I was just down in Florida, um, and I was talking to a lot of Cubans um, and people that actually left Cuba in the last five years. Um, you know, it's changing, and I think you're going to see uh, you'll you'll see them drift. You'll see them drift towards the United States and Venezuela. We're already making. We're already making overtures to Venezuela to reprocess their crude and and give them aid again. So you'll, you'll see that happening as well. We're not we're not going to let China and Russia get a hold onto our hemisphere. Saudi Arabia okay. must be freaking out at our interest in Venezuela because well, yeah. they lose their grip on the U.S. to some degree, don't they? Yeah. Well, you know what we we gave them the damn grip. That's what ticks me off. Is that you know we we can and should produce all the energy that's needed here and, and that takes the leverage away from Russia and Saudi Arabia. We gave Russia and Saudi Arabia the leverage. We gave it to them. You know, and uh, made them rich. Look at Russia. Russia, this war has been nothing but pure profits for the Putin administration. Pure profit. That's true. I, I just read yesterday 
that half of the energy suppliers in Europe have opened accounts in ruble. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Germany and France and Italy are already undermining Ukraine. Why do you think Zelensky came out this weekend and said, you know, opposite what he said just a week before, he goes, negotiated peace is the only way we're going to get this thing done. <laughs> I agree. So because I agree. This, is not, this, is, told this doesn't have a military solution. No. No, I totally oh. agree with that. Yeah, Russia, look, Russia can just wipe them out, uh, you know. And look, we just spent, we just spent $40 billion we just spent forty billion dollars over there, right? So, you know, the Congress people—they want to return on the investment that we made on their behalf. All right, <laughs> you know, they have their hands—they have their hands knee deep in that country now. So they—they obviously want the war to end so they can—they can monetize it. Okay. Well, I think that's—you're right on the money with that. Um, how does the war in Ukraine end? Does Russia get to hang on to Eastern Ukraine? Yeah, well, they're going to hang on to everything they already own. They're not giving anything back. They they have they have the southern Ukraine. Look, I think if they could, they would want to grab the whole Black Sea. That's probably not practical. But they already have they already have the south, and they're going to consolidate in the east, and it's going to wind down. You know, so um, they they already you know what you see and what you see in here is not necessarily what's happening there. Russia controls the South completely. Now that they don't have to fight in the South, they can shift all those resources to the East. And then, so the Donetsk and the Lakosk, whatever the other region is, uh, uh, they'll have those controlled too. And there'll be some sort of shifting around saying Ukrainian speaking, people who identify as Ukrainians can, can leave and go into Ukraine. Russian speakers that want to look in, just like they did with India and Pakistan, you'll start seeing swapping of people, you know? You know, and and there'll be a partition, and uh, and and that'll be it. I hadn't thought about that. So, kind of a repatriation of Russian-speaking people under Putin control. That's what I'm hearing you say. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Look. They. They. These people want in 1990. Whatever. 2000. Whatever that thing. 2004 or 14. Whatever they did to the agreement is those people were Russian speakers. They. They. They wanted self-determination. Right, they didn't want to be under the Ukrainian leadership, and um, you know, obviously, they think they're going to be self-determining, but you're self-determining under Putin's control, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oxymoron. Yeah, so you know, so you have, um, see, so you, you know, you're dealing with that, and uh, so, so that that's what's going to happen. It, it, look, it's not going to stop, okay, and. Um, and, and and so this thing will settle down and and there'll be some sort of negotiated peace and then they're all gonna move on. And but Putin got what he wanted out of this. The West totally screwed up. Yeah, that, well that's true. And if you look at I remember reading something called the McKinder hypothesis and it was set forth by the creation of the concept of land based nations and naval based nations for war. And uh, McKinder hypothesis applied to Russia says they lack serious ports. This war with Ukraine helped solve some of that problem, didn't it? Uh, well, it defends their flank because they they always had the uh, they've always had the naval base there. But when when Ukraine broke away, when the Soviet Union dissolved, they they you're correct, they lost it technically, but they never gave it up. 
and so now they now they they got their flank covered for that part of the that part of the world. But look, Russia still, I mean, they're stymied. China has the same problem, even though they have a huge coastline. You know, um, they all their stuff has to go through choke points, and so same with Russia. Everything Russia does has to go through choke points. They have to. You know, either, either you're going to go through the Gotland Strait, right, or you're going to go through the Bosphorus Strait, or you have to go around Murmansk and you got to go through the uh, the Iceland, Faroe, UK, uh, Sonus Line, right, and or your way out in, in the east in Vladivostok, which you know most of the economic activities in the west, not the east of Russia, and so yeah, so you know Russia tried to to do things. You know, and get a little bit better grip, like you know, have a, a, a naval base in Syria. But you know, you have to be able to support these bases, right? So that's the problem. There's a great book about geography and 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 a country's abilities to become wealthy. Russia always suffered from that. Uh, Russia was known as a continental nation. China's known as a continental nation, even though they have a huge, huge. Uh, um, you know, uh, coastline. It's it's dominated by Korea and 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 Japan and the Philippines and Indonesia. You know, they you know they have to operate with with uh, you know potential adversaries uh, along their coastline, and so that's why they're anxious about Taiwan. You know, because that's another strait right they have to deal with. So it's it's just really fat, and Iran has the same problem. Okay, so these countries that you always see. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. That are always agitating. This is why they're always agitating, because they have an they have a built-in geographic inferiority complex. Interesting. That is really interesting. Um, here's one thing before we leave Ukraine. Here's one thing that concerns me. I know they're already having some preliminary behind-the-scenes talks, and occasionally you'll get a release out there that go, well, oh, this side's being unreasonable. My fear is when I hear negotiated settlement, is it going to be like Korea was, where it drags on for months and years, or do you think it can be quick and stability can return to the region? Oh, I think it'll be dragged out just because, you know, it's in it's in nobody's best interest to have a quick resolution. Look, the West wants the wheat, so why would Russia why would Russia um, do a quick negotiation? Okay, they lose their leverage when you get back into the winter again, so I think they'll probably negotiate something they're going to try to get best terms right so do you think there's a shelf life on the negotiations do you see an end coming that you could point to yeah i think within four to six months look china is under increasing pressure to uh to get this thing resolved you know by the western nations germany and france are already negotiating directly with putin right now and with china you know with china they're giving them the, the stick with putin they're giving them the carrot mm-hmm. you know 
Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so shifting to the other side, since we're talking about China, Biden made a statement today where he said, uh, or today, Korean time, he said that um, we're committed to the defense of Taiwan. Do you believe him? Uh, I believe America is committed to the defense of Taiwan. Okay, you answered my question. Because if I was in Taiwan right now, I'd be very, very nervous, and I'd be hoping for a democratic bloodbath in November. Yeah, I think um, the... uh and I think the West has been pretty clear with China, too. You know, if you, if you take Taiwan out, you cripple our economies because of the chips and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And we'll cripple you. So, and apparently there's some turmoil inside of China, too. <clears throat> so, it'd be interesting to see how that, all that plays out. Well, I'm hearing G's in trouble. Yeah. I am, too. But, I, you know, who knows, you know, how many how many masks are on over there. But I heard that as well. And I'm sure you saw that China's hoarded basically 70% of the world reserves of food. People think that's a sign of strength. But you got to remember, the Chinese had this inability to store food successfully long term. And they had a failed wheat harvest. They basically pulled their wheat crop off 30 days early. You know, some people are saying, well, they're doing that because they, um, uh, Xi's going to go to war and he needs the diesel and the farmers won't going to be able well, he can wait a month to go to war. You know what I mean? He, he didn't have to. He didn't have to go to war this week, you know. So, so I find that argument um, implausible. It says the harvest has failed, then I and they're they're basically turning that wheat crop into 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 uh, silage for their for their animals. Okay. And 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 you know basically they they bought American Brazilian and Australian wheat and corn and soybean, you know, because their harvests are starting to struggle. But they have really poor, you know, for it's such a gleaming country, right? All you see is what you see. But they they don't they don't store their crops well. They don't transport them well. They have a lot of loss, a lot of spoilage, and uh, they're not efficient at all in that area. And so China's Achilles' heel is its ability to feed. Uh, and I'm, I am sure Australia, United States, and Canada are very clear with China that look, you need to get with. Moscow, or maybe we can't export to you. You know, you don't know what kind of leverage is being being played behind the scenes. And Bolsonaro, he's center right, so he'll go along with anything. You know, so you know, I wanted to ask you about that too. Elon Musk, in a well publicized trip, visited Bolsonaro, and Elon Musk has also said, "I'm not voting for the Democrats." And Elon Musk is appearing, and I say appearing to be a champion of free speech. Um, what do you make of this meeting between Musk and Bolsonaro? Well, he's looking for opportunities to, you know, to expand his his Tesla um, empire down into <clears throat> South America, and so, you know, Bolsonaro is center right, so he's probably more capitalistic and and you know open to opportunities. But you bring up a bigger question with Musk, and you can put Bezos in there. So I view this is how I see the center out to the left. There are liberals, right? What I would call limousine liberals, Chardonnay liberals, right? The garden variety liberal. And then there's progressives. And then there's leftists. So these are three different kinds of, you know, liberals. One is, you know, the guilt-ridden Chardonnay people, right? The progressives that want to use government to control people and the leftists that are just 
want to basically destroy capitalism. And I think what has happened here is we shifted from liberalism to progressivism, and I think now the progressives, and I put Musk in there, and I put uh, Bezos in there, et al., is they're seeing that the leftists now are basically taking over the Biden administration. And and I think uh, I think it's becoming a, a point of fear for these guys. And they're like, we better kill this thing in the crib because they're going to come for us. You know, like, you know, the rhetoric you get from from Elizabeth Warren and Robert Reich and uh, and uh, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Those people, you know, if those people gain control, I mean, can you imagine the nightmare uh, of what's going to happen in our economy? And I think they're, they're trying to kill this thing in the crib. I don't know if they'll be successful or not. You know, leftists, you know, Russia waited too long, okay, to, to kill the Bolsheviks off. And, uh, and then look, this is what you got. Yeah, I think there's something else going on with Musk, too, and let me tell you why I think that. When I covered how CELAC, uh, Latin American nations, were lining up against Canada and the U.S. and didn't even invite them to a meeting four years ago, they all held, I think, 33 nations. I learned at that time that Russia had invested previously in Brazil, uh, and aerospace was a huge part of what Russia was doing. Could Musk be pursuing that and try to hone in on that interest to advance... Um, his space interests, if maybe he thinks uh, the Biden administration will retaliate against him? Yeah, I don't think the Biden administration will retaliate against him um, because the SpaceX is too important to the military-industrial complex, and and he also owns Starlink. Okay? And so um, I think he'll be tolerated. But look, that SpaceX is a national treasure. There's simply no way they're going to let it the United States government is going to let Elon Musk move that IP out of the country. Okay. Simply no way in the world. Doesn't mean he can't make it look that way, though, for negotiation. I mean, right now he's being hounded by the SEC, and I forget another agency, because of the Twitter deal. Yeah, well, I mean, look, at you know, uh, they're, they're, they're plugging at him. You know, SEC, they, the ESG fund dropped him. They, they, you know, the, the, the normal left playbook of you know, calling him a rapist, that came out. And then also the, uh, um, you know, NASA, right, uh, you know, for SpaceX, the EPA for SpaceX. You know, you know they're just, it's just the normal thing. Uh, but, uh Elon Musk is an interesting cat. You know, I think he has he has an ability to compartmentalize, and I think he's extraordinarily patient. And so he's just going to let these guys play themselves out. And uh, look, SpaceX value. He just got uh, did an offering. SpaceX value, like he he made like 125 billion dollars of additional net worth on the SpaceX offering. Usually when you offer, you dilute the value of shares. It, this shares went skyrocketing. So SpaceX is a, is a national treasure. And when Starlink goes public, he'll probably be worth another $100 billion from Starlink. Okay. You know? so, Will that be a competing Internet? N- uh, no, not a competing Internet. It would be competing ability to uh, uh, to move data around. So right now, you know, you have the backbone, right? The ISPs and all that stuff, uh-huh. you know, Verizon, the carriers. He basically will put them at risk. Okay. But I guess and the thing about it, leverage. that'll be protected because um, 
Starlink has basically taken Russia and China out of the game of destroying our satellites. Okay. Because he, he has a mesh up there. You know, you can take out 50 of his satellites over Russia, and within hours, the mesh is, is re-enabled, okay? And he just shoots another rocket up and drops another 164 a mile in space, you know? <laughs> um, he, he created a, a really fascinating, fascinating uh, approach to communication now. So uh, I personally will get it as soon as it's out of beta. I think it's a great... Uh, uh, it'll be a great service. Yeah, I'm going to look at it too. It's 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 very interesting. Um, before we, I, I want to leave and go to the market, but first, I, I wanted to ask you if you noticed that Bezos and Musk are lining up with criticism of Biden's energy and economic policies as a whole. Yeah, and that's why I referred to earlier is that I think they're seeing that this administration is 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 a leftist woke cabal that are a bunch of children that can cause great harm to both their guys' net worth. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and they're, right, and they're going to push it. Look, it's interesting. I don't like either one of their politics, but I think both these guys are brilliant, and and I think they both, you know, add it to the, uh, the value of the United States, okay? I think True. Amazon was simply brilliant, you know, and uh, uh, it, it forced massive changes to which way we do business, and Elon Musk is, I think, is quite clear what he's done so um yeah so i think it's uh uh i think it's interesting that they're both doing it and 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 look these guys are they're they have high social media presence and they're respected influencers if you will and i I think it just mutes these guys because you can't accuse those guys i mean especially bezos he's been a lefty his whole life right and and musk has always been left to center and so, it, you know, it's kind of hard to paint them with the same brush they painted Trump, who Trump, in my view, was was always a little bit left to center. Well, he definitely left to center on social issues, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have, you know, you have that situation where I think uh, you're going to see more and more people start to speak up. That's really interesting. I mean, if you're going to do a Mao cultural revolution, like what we're seeing in some regards, and you're going to do a total socialist conversion uh, that's extra constitutional, you got to have some elite on your side. you got to have some backing in industry. And, and Biden's managed to alienate the two biggest players in America. Look, their, their game plan is, is they want to agitate the black base. That's why they don't do anything to them, okay? Um, they just want to agitate that black base because they think that's their only hope. But I, I don't know, Dave. I think it's lost cause. They, oh, they it lost is. The Hispanic, they lost the Hispanic voter. That's right. And so, um, uh, and I guarantee. And they had look. They they went into the election with plurality in, in the Hispanic. They owned the black vote, and they and they basically the white woman vote was leading in the Democrats' favor. They lost. The Hispanic vote, they lost the white woman vote, and and the the black vote. You know, uh, I don't. I think I don't think they're excited about Biden. Okay. Well, no, you know what I hear. This is just a random sample for me, but well, I, one of the fastest growing areas in my audience are uh, Black Americans, 
And what I'm hearing repeatedly, I don't know, many of these people are very well educated who are telling me this, but what they're telling me is that they're tired of the broken promises, they want their kids to be safe, they want their kids to have an economic future, and everything that they want, which is pretty much what everyone wants, um, is being destroyed by Biden, and they're running from Biden, and it's just not Biden, they're running from the Democrats as a whole. Well, look, I mean, all the people that are coming across the border going into their uh, neighborhoods, it's crowding them out of social services. They're causing competition now for wages. It's basically there's no win in it for them. You know, look, they're just like everybody else. Once they get here, they don't want any more people coming behind them, right? Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. They're no different than anybody else. And and he just keeps letting these people pour across the border. And, uh, um, and, you know, and... You know, I mean, you saw it. The Rio Grande Valley was flipping red. I mean, these people never voted Republican in their entire life. I know. El Paso to declare a state of emergency because they just no there's no there's no doctors or nurses available because these people are just flooding, and these people are, are unhealthy. You know, they they're coming into the country with diseases, and uh, and so they require care right away. I know. Oh, I know. But, you know, it's amazing to me that there haven't been articles of impeachment delivered against Biden. Not that they would go anywhere yet, but I can't believe that people like Marsha Blackburn has not said to her congressional counterparts in the House, you need to do this, because Biden has broken every immigration law there is, and that makes him vulnerable to impeachment. Yeah, they're going to wait till they take over the House before. Why Why shoot your bullet and just get political brickbats thrown at you? Just mm-hmm. wait till you take over. You're right. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Okay, so let's take it down to one of the pillars of the American economy, the market. All of these things we've talked about have market influence. So where's the market at today? Market's up huge today. It's up 68 points on the e, on the on the ES, which is the That's good. S&P 500. We're getting our relief rally here, so... It can go all the way up to 4,200, but make no mistake, we're going to have the long goodbye here uh, just because a lot of damage has been done in the market. Look, they can't get energy prices down, Dave. I know. And until they get energy prices down, you know, the, the Federal Reserve is going to keep trying to ratchet and ratchet and ratchet to cost of capital until they break the market and, and break the economy. So I'm looking for a rally you know, into the next Fed meeting. I mean, you can stop at any time, but between now and the Fed meeting, and then he's going to raise rates again. They'll be hawkish again, and then you're going to see uh, you'll see prices start to roll over again. He'll do it again in July, and by the end of summer, then oil should probably have topped because you're then out of the driving season, and we are we are um, production in the United States is, is rising. I think we're near a record again in terms of. Of production, so all that all that all that food is going through the snake, and then I think you'll start seeing some relief in that in the fall. Okay, well that's good news. So you guys, you're like a reverse barometer, and I'm talking about trade genius when I say you guys. Um, you run counter to the trends. The more volatile, see, the market likes stability, and that's when a lot of people do well. Ukraine and all the other problems we have are destabilizing the market and you guys really capitalize on this don't you well yeah look so we you know like i said when we started this this show is we really don't care about what is being said you know we have our macro view you know mm-hmm. the, 
food prices are going higher, energy prices are going higher, commodity prices are going higher, the government is still overspending. So those macro themes are in place. Uh, what's going to get affected the most by the uh, them trying to ratchet interest rates are companies that just have an inability to, to be profitable and they have to borrow at higher and higher rates and eventually uh, it's just going to I don't want to say destroy those companies. Some will be destroyed, but it's going to make them much less valuable. And so so you're going to get these short squeezes because people lean too hard one way or the other. And the thing about the market, Dave, is that it's driven by under-the-water icebergs of options. So we we see all the macro, uh, macro plays, but we also see the momentum. And our system, if you think about it, is think PLM, right? probabilities, levels, and and momentum. And so, you know, we knew going into today, it probably is going to be an update. We leaned that way, okay? And our levels were by the dip, okay? And momentum was yes. So that's how we look at the market. And, and so we have, what we've done, Dave, is we have, like, bundles for people that want to swing trade, so we apply that to trades that are two, three, four days old. Like I bought Vail a couple of days ago, and even the people in my room said, "Bob, why are you buying Vail?" And I said, "Well, I said, trust me, watch the signal." And this morning, you know, I threw up there. You know, we're up six percent on Vail in three or four days. You know, so we just see what the system, the market does, and we apply our probabilities. We're still batting. You know, as of today, the market was down the month of April, right? Drastically. Here, here's our results. Uh, let me read them out to you here. Uh, people go to our website and see them anytime they want, so uh, you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, let's see here, track record. So right now, as of today, okay, the market's down, what, 18%. We're still 64.27% win rate. Our last, so our last uh, 16 trades that we're in, all of them are winners, and 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 are up going into today, except for two that are slightly down, and those are my two hedges. One's corn, and one is the bond market. So so we're doing just fine. 156.4 percent is our um, annualized gain. So oh keeping steady, and so we just keep driving. And if people want to trade with us, and we day trade too, like I said. That's seventeen thousand dollars plus. I just made there two thousand since we've been talking. Is um, uh, those are day trades. So we're in them from Thursday to Friday, but they're day trades because we're rolling them during the day. So you can join our VIP room. Uh, you can join our our stock room. You can join our crypto room. Uh, we even have binary options that we trade, and you just can pick one of these bundles. Take advantage of it by Saturday. Sixty-five percent off. Use promo code Memorial if you want to get something that's non-bundled, and we'll help you navigate through this, and we'll teach you how to do this stuff, and and we give you access to our system, and we give trades out every day, and you know you're just gonna <clears throat> you're just gonna grind higher. You know the key of making money is is cut your losses fast and just keep grinding your winners, and you're gonna be just fine. There's always a bull market somewhere, Dave. Yeah, I know. I've heard this from you a lot, but through a variety of economic circumstances, but you've held true. What's the discount on the non-bundled items if people want to get into Trade Genius? Oh, it's forty percent. Okay, so forty percent off until Saturday. The Saturday, and you have a coupon code of Memorial. Memorial. 
that'll get them the the deal. And and what do they get in these non-bundled items? What does that look like? Uh, well, you're picking and choosing. You might be buying an indicator. Or you might just be buying an individual room to go into. You might just be buying training. You might just be buying coaching. And the bundles have basically access to chat, access to the signal, access to the indicators, access to the training. So the bundles are obviously we skewed it. You're better off getting a bundle, but some people still buy individual stuff, and that's up to them. Okay, so you get the bundle. You get a combination of those things you just mentioned. Yep, you get yeah, you get everything but personal coaching in there. So that's pretty cool. It's well, here's here's what I mean by that's pretty cool because you're, you're not paying a huge broker's fee. One thing. The other thing is too is you're taking advantage of your algorithm. I mean, your numbers here: 156 percent annualized gain and 64 percent win rate, 64 percent plus win rate on your trades. Is anybody else even coming close to this in the market? Uh, you know that I don't know. Um, all I know is nobody does what we do. Okay, so some people give out signals, some people give out training. Some people offer their indicators. Uh, we do it all. We, I built this service as well as buying a service. What would I want? That's what I built. Yeah, and, you know, and I learned that Dave, you know this too, being a coach. I, you know, it's it's okay to know what other people do, but you know, when you're the lead dog, you don't have to worry about smelling someone else's behind. I hear you. Uh, oh, I love that. I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't care. I'm, I'm customer focused, and if if I'm satisfying my my customers, then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do good enough for me and for my business and for my own trading. And in fact, I just wrote a couple books. I'll be going out on Amazon too. So <clears throat> I did this a long time ago. I don't know if I ever told you, but when my daughter was young, I wrote a quick trading book on something and uh, um, modestly priced it, and basically paid for my daughter's private education. So. Um, you know, so you know, if you add value, people will pay for it. That's true. And they absolutely we, will. And we do, modestly do, price everything, so people charge ten times what we charge for the same service. Okay, I think that's immoral. You know, I want this thing to be cheap enough for you to be able to to jump on it and see if it works for you. You know, and if it does, you're going to stay with me for years, and I make my money that way. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned me being a former coach, a former college basketball coach. You know, I'm going to tell you who you are. You're the Mike D'Antoni of the stock market. Let me explain that very quickly. Mike D'Antoni, when he was the Phoenix Suns coach, introduced a style called Seven Seconds or Less, and the Suns went from garbage to a championship contender, and now the entire league mimics a lot of what Mike D'Antoni brought to the league. That's going to be what's going to happen in the market, I predict. You're the only ones doing it now, but people can't deny these success numbers. They're going to be imitating you, Bob. Well, they can. There's a lot of work, you know. Yeah, I, I work 12 hours a day, so and this is 20 years in the making building this stuff. So, um, you know, I think most people that do this stuff on the internet don't want to work at all. Cause that's why they're on the internet. And you and I both know to be successful on the internet, you got to work your butt off. <laughs> I'm sorry, I work 12 hour days too, yeah. <laughs> and I do six days a week. I think people see the internet, yeah. you know, I'll just throw something up there. People will buy it. I'll exactly. Be yeah, I laugh at that comment because you're on the internet, you're not working. I'm working as hard now as when I coached or when I taught. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's yeah, amazing. I, I work every day. I, I started at five o'clock in the morning, and 
Mondays are my easiest day. I'm done by one one thirty, and then Tuesday and Wednesday I'm 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 working to three, and then you know, and then I still got the business to manage. You know, well, you no, know, I, I I got you. I know, I got my wife to help me with my management, but uh, we're out of time. But I just wanted to say this, but ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing a great opportunity here on top of all the knowledge that's been put forth here, non-bundled items. Uh, 40% off until Saturday. Uh, the coupon code is MEMORIAL, and they'll train you how to do it. And it's really cool. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for joining us. Good stuff. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Take care.